Amen. Take your Bible, go to Acts chapter 17. We're teaching, preaching through the book of Acts during these days, and so I encourage you to be found right there. And we'll begin in verse number one uh, in just a moment. I want to encourage you again about the 20 days of prayer in the morning, 6.30, and uh, either here or online. And then Friday night, we'll uh, gather up here uh, for a dinner, and we invite all of you. You come, bring your children. Uh, it'll be a great night, and you sign up uh, to be a part. You can go to the QR code that's on the screen up there. There'll be one out in the foyer on the screen you can get uh, after church. Uh, you come and we'll feast together down in the rock and then the men are going to have a meeting and the women are going to have a meeting. The boys and girls will go with us and uh, we'll teach together. It's kind of a kickoff time for ministry for women at Olive and for our ordinary men and for all that's going on, discipleship and other things. So uh, that's this Friday night. It's the last day uh, of our 20 days of prayer and we'll gather that evening, eat together, fellowship, and then have those two groups. So you come and join us, but let us know if you're coming for dinner and that'll help our count. If you're just coming for the uh, teaching time, you don't have to let us know, just come and uh, be here. So thank you for that and be a part of this dinner gathering uh, at Olive this coming Friday evening. Be a wonderful, wonderful time. Now we're in Acts 17. We began reading in verse number 1, read through verse 15. I'm going to ask you to please stand as I read the Word of God today. And so as you rise, you've got your copy of Scripture or you'll find it uh, up on the screen. In Acts 17, Paul has been in Philippi and now he's leaving and he's walking to Thessalonica. It's 100 miles to Thessalonica. And we're going to find him going there and preaching the gospel. This message that I've entitled, The Message That Turns the World Upside Down. Acts 17, beginning in verse 1, you listen now because this is the word of our great God. Now when they had traveled through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica. There was a synagogue of the Jews. And according to Paul's custom, he went to them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and giving evidence that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, saying, This Jesus, whom I am proclaiming to you, is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, along with a large number of the God-fearing Greeks and a number of the leading women. But the Jews, becoming jealous and taking along some wicked men from the marketplace, formed a mob and set the city in an uproar. And attacking the house of Jason, they were seeking to bring them out to the people. And when they did not find them, they began dragging Jason and some of the brethren before the city authorities, shouting, These men who have upset the world have come here also, and Jason has welcomed them. And they all act contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. And they stirred up the crowd and the city authorities who heard these things. And when they had received a pledge from Jason and the others, they released them. The brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went to the synagogue of the Jews. Now these were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica. For they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed, along with a number of the prominent Greek women and men. 
But when the Jews of Thessalonica came out, uh, that, uh, found out uh, that the Word of God had been proclaimed by Paul in Berea also, they came there as well, agitating and stirring up the crowds. Then immediately the brethren sent Paul to go as far as the sea. And Silas and Timothy remained there. Now those who escorted Paul brought him as far as Athens and received a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him as soon as possible. They left. Father, thank you for your word. I ask you now for your anointing on my speech and on the hearing ears of those listening in this room and other places. Father, I pray by faith the sprinkling of the blood across us today that would help us to know you. For the one far from you today, draw them. For the one lost, save them. For the one, Lord, needing encouragement, lift them up. And I pray you'd do your work now. And I pray you would turn our world right side up. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Thank you and be seated, please. I don't have to tell you that we live in a messed up world. The world is upside down. It needs a message that would turn it right side up. We are in a messed up world. 55 years ago, a Baptist preacher in Memphis, Tennessee, we shot and killed. Tomorrow we celebrate Martin Luther King and his stance and what he did, how he stood and called people to justice and righteousness. What a messed up world that a Baptist preacher is assassinated for standing for righteousness. 63 million preborn babies been murdered in America since we legalized abortion. What a messed up world. Our friend, Dr. Bill Lyle, I'll show one of his videos next week. One of our members here, dear man of God and a wonderful doctor. Dr. Lyle says, a patient is a person no matter how small. Now he gives full credit because he stole that from the great theologian Dr. Seuss <laughs> and uses it in his teaching. And they do open heart surgery in the womb on those children. And a patient is a person no matter how small. 63 million preborn babies killed. What a messed up world. A politician can sit in Congress and be asked to define what is a man or a woman and say I can't do it because I'm not a biologist. <laughs> I knew that in the first grade. I didn't know the biology but I could tell there was something different. When I got to middle school, it was full-blown, I guarantee you. 
I could tell you that one's a boy and that one's a girl. <laughs> what a messed up world. We don't even know where to go to the bathroom. Our culture needs to be turned upside down so it can be right side up. We need a move. Now, what's the message that turns the world upside down, which would be right side up? Well, it's twofold, and we see it right here in the text. Paul came to Thessalonica and walked 100 miles, stopping in different places, there in Amphipolis and passing through Apollonia, no doubt stopped and spent the evening, and walked on. Then he got there and he spent three Sabbaths teaching from the Old Testament. And he was explaining and giving evidence in verse 3 that the Christ had to suffer, rise again from the dead and saying, this Jesus whom I am proclaiming, you, proclaiming to you is the Christ. The first part of the message that this world needs to turn it right side up is that Jesus is the Christ. The Old Testament prophecies, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, saying there is one coming who will be the Redeemer. And he has come. And Jesus is the Christ. If you ask the world today, you go and take a survey. Who is Jesus? You'll hear all kinds of things. Some will say he's a peacemaker who loved others and died for what he believed. That would be true. He was a great peacemaker and he did die for what he believed. Others will say he was a rebel who fought for the poor and the oppressed and stood against religious hypocrites. And he did that. But dear friend, he was not just a peacemaker. He was not just a rebel. Jesus Christ was God. He was God made flesh. He was Messiah. He was Christos. He was the anointed one come from heaven itself. Come into the world to redeem mankind. The government was on his shoulders. He's the Prince of Peace. He's Almighty God. You see, that kind of message turns the world upside down because you say this man that was here was God. Others have said it about themselves. You can go to their tomb and find them in it, but not in Jesus' tomb because God raised him from the dead. He is the Christ. Some people say, well, I'm not sure that Jesus even believed. Well, listen to, to the lips of our Lord. John 4, verses 25 and 26. You see it on the screen or in, in your Bible. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ. When that one comes, he will declare all things to us. And Jesus said to her, what did he say? I who speak to you. Am he? It's me. I'm the Messiah. You see, as Lewis said, he was either a liar, a lunatic, or he was Lord. 
He came as the Messiah. John 10, 10, or John 10 and verse 30, uh, the Word of God, Jesus simply said, the Father and I are one. He said, I am God. Matthew 26, verse 63. You don't find many verse 63s. Not many chapters that long, but in Matthew 26 and verse 63, you find this. Jesus kept silent, and the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God that you tell us whether you are the Christ, the Son. Are you the Christ, the Son of God? And Jesus said to him, you have said it yourself. Nevertheless, I tell you hereafter, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Amen. He was the Messiah and claimed to be. Matthew 1 and verse 16, we hear the word of God that Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary by whom Jesus was born, who is called the Messiah. And then the disciples in John 1 and verse 41, he found his own brother, Simon. He came to Peter and he said to him, we have found who? We found the Messiah, which translated means Christ. Jesus, the Christ. Hear me, dear friend. Jesus was not just a good man who was a peacemaker. He was not just a rebel who stood against uh, hypocrites. I'm telling you, Jesus was God. Therefore, he is Lord. He was the Son of Man. He was the Son of God. He was Abba father. And in your text in Acts 17 in verse number 3, Paul said it this way. He didn't have a New Testament. He was taking the Old Testament scriptures into the synagogue. The Jews would believe that. And he said to them, he was explaining and he was giving the evidence that Christ had to suffer, rise again from the dead, saying, this Jesus whom I'm proclaiming to you, he is the Christ. You, you'll see it the end of every year, some magazine will name some person or thing the influence of the year. Every 10 years, they'll come out with a person of the decade. Others will say this was the greatest of this era. There was a Roosevelt era. There was an era that this politician is named for. But let me tell you, Jesus is not the Outstanding man of the year decade. Jesus Christ divides time. Today is the 15th day of January 2023. 2023, what's that mean? That means it's been 2023 years since Jesus the Messiah showed up. We killed him, buried him, and he rose from the dead. The Pensacola News Journal this morning on the masthead declared in bold type, Jesus is Lord. They didn't mean to. But when they print the date, he divides time. That's the way we look at life. Everything before he came, everything after the year of our Lord. He divides time, and he divides mankind, lost and saved, redeemed and unredeemed. I'm here to tell you today, the world needs the message of Christ, needs to know that he is the Messiah. Our Jewish friends 
Unbeknownst to me, I preached this message at 9.30 and had some Jewish friends in the building. They came and thanked me for the message afterwards. Came and our Jewish friends are looking for the Messiah. They're looking and looking. But I'm telling you that you often find honest rabbis that whisper in the ears of dying Jewish friends, trust him. He's already come. Jesus is the Christ. Well, He's coming again. But He has come to redeem, to live, to die, to rise. Jesus is the Christ. Now, let me tell you, we need a message of social justice in our world, but that will never turn the world upside down. No, sir. We need racial reconciliation. That won't turn the world upside down. Let me tell you what turns the world upside down. It is that Jesus is the Christ. And then he will thrust his believers into the culture. And they will be salt and light. They will give the message of righteousness and justice everywhere. We must preach Christ first, foremost, King and Lord of all. He, the Christ, turns the world upside down and he needs to do it in your life and in mine Jesus is the Christ but secondly not only is Jesus the Christ this text tells us that Jesus is the king the king as the Christ he came to redeem now the king look look at this as you look over in verse number six it says and when they uh, did not find them, the, Paul and Silas. They began dragging uh, Jason, who had taken them in, and some brethren before the city authorities, shouting, These men who've upset the world, turned it upside down, they've come here too. Jason welcomed them, and they all act contrary to the decrees of Caesar. And they're saying that there's another king, and his name is Jesus. What? Caesar's not king? What turned the world upside down was a group of ragtag disciples, fishermen, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, who said, there is another king, and we will worship no one else. They were the Daniels of the New Testament. They stood and said, he is king. I will not bow to some pagan idol. I will bow only to King Jesus. Glory to God. He is King. Look in John's Gospel, chapter 18. If you've got your Bible in verse 36, John 18 in verse 36. The Bible says, and Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Therefore, Pilate said to him, so you are a king? And Jesus answered, you say correctly that I am a king. Jesus said it about himself, for this I have been born, and for this I have come into this world to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. He said he was the king. Paul preached it in 1 Timothy chapter 6. You'll see it come up on the screen. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse number 14. And you keep the commandment 
without stain or reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will bring about at the proper time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone possesses immortality and dwells in unapproachable light, whom no man can see or has seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. And then in 1 Timothy 1 and verse 17, uh, Paul said it this way. Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen and amen. You get to Revelation chapter 17 and verse 14. And the writer says, he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You turn over to chapter 19 and verse 16 and you find it again that Jesus is king of kings and Lord of lords. When he becomes the king, your life gets different. And you turn your world upside down. Mm. Jesus Christ rules all things in heaven and on earth for the glory of God and for the execution of our salvation. He rules all things up there, down here. And he does it for one reason, for the glory of God and to execute salvation for those that are lost. Let me tell you, friend, if, he, if he's the king and he is, then number one, he's sovereign. He's sovereign. He's king. He's sovereign. He, he's Lord of all. He's in charge of everything. So you can quit worrying about the price of eggs. He's sovereign. All right? Amen. He's sovereign. He says, I'm worried I'm going to lose everything I got. Well, you may do it. I, I, he's king. He'll take care of you. He's sovereign Lord. Amen. Doesn't mean you shouldn't have a savings account. It just means that you don't worry. You trust the king. He is sovereign. Not only is he sovereign, he's the savior. He's the savior. Hmm. He came to save you. That's what Paul said right here in verse number three, that he came to live and to die, be buried, rise again for the redemption. Of mankind. He is sovereign. He's, he's our Savior. We are His subjects. We are to be in subjection unto King Jesus. We're to bow our life before the King. And then, number four, we are His kingdom servants. Kingdom servants. We are to serve the King. The church, I'm going to tell you what's going to turn us upside down that is when we understand who the king is start living like there's a king <laughs> there's just one king there's no king in Washington no sir but we don't serve that that's not the king we serve King Jesus amen yeah <laughs> Elvis is not the king uh-uh I just read a book about Elvis. My son gave it to me for Christmas. He says he always tries to find something to give his daddy. That he said, if you need anything, you'd get it. I said, I would. He gave me a book. It's written about three people that died tragically. First third is Elvis, then John Lennon, and then Muhammad Ali. I just finished the third of the book the other day. On Elvis, I closed the book, reached over to get my phone to see a message, and it said, Lisa Marie dies today. I just buried Elvis, and then his, wife, his daughter died. And I said, the king and his girl dead. 
Ahab is not king. Jesus is the king. You say, he's not the king of rock and roll. Oh, yes, he is. Let me tell you, he rocked this world and rolled it away, and he came out of that tomb. I'm telling you, he's the king of rock and roll. He's king. He's king. He's king. Now, you're going to have to decide who's your king. For some of you, you're your king. Boy, you are worshiping some false stuff there. You, you can't run the show. It, it's a great day when you take the crown off your head and give it to Jesus. You say, well, I'm not my king, but some other people. I, I, I bowed. Friend, you, you should bow to no man. Don't you fear man. Don't you worship man. There's a place to be in submission. I understand that. The Bible's full of it. Submission, how we are to submit. Leaders and rulers, husbands, wives, children. We, we understand. Let me tell you, there's only one king you submit to. I saved this little boy, 10. I, I gave my all. And, and after you get saved, you, you learn these process of sanctification and there's places where you can come to lay your life before the Lord. I remember as a sophomore in college I've shared with you before uh, how my draft notice had come and I didn't know what to do and I went to see the dean of the school where I was and he said I'll make a deal. I, I can get you in the National Guard. And you can take your draft deal. I said well give me 24 hours. And I went home. I had a low draft number. I was headed and I remember I found in the word of God over in the Psalms, Psalm 31, where it said, Oh, Lord, my time is in your hands. I underlined that. I, I went back to Dean Penley, and I said, Dean Penley, I've decided to put my time in God's hands rather than your hands. I said, I won't be arrogant. I'm not trying to be less than grateful. Thank you for caring for me. He laughed. He said, well, son, you, you've, put your, you've put your life in a better pair of hands than I got. He said, let the Lord take care of it. I find myself throughout my life coming to crossroads, and I just don't know what to do. I, I just underline that verse. I go back to it again. I say, Lord, my, my time, my time's in your hands. No dean of the school is king. Mm -mm. Somebody say, well, you can't have that job. They're not your king. I, I'm telling you, God's got plans for you. You're not king. Other people not king. Question is, have you bowed yourself as the subject to the king? Charles is not king. He sits on the throne in England, but he's not the king. I told my wife, I, I said, if they would let me go where I want to go when they crown him king of England, I'd, I'd buy me a ticket and fly over there. But they won't let me go where I want to go. See, when they have that big hoorah about the king. And they're going to crown him and they do all that. Charles goes behind the screen. And there he bows as the king of England before the head of the church. And the leader of the church of England anoints him with oil. And then puts the crown on his head before he comes public. I said, if they let me behind that screen, I pay my way to go. But nobody gets there. You can't do that. 
But dear friend, you do not bow to get your crown from the church. You bow and get your crown from the king. He makes you his child. You are in subjection, but he is the king. He is Lord of lords, and we bow before him. We don't ask for the church's unction and anointing. We ask for the Lord's unction and anointing upon us. And the king. You say, well, I don't believe that. You don't have to believe it. There'll come a day you'll believe it. Because the king's coming. Yes, sir, the king. I said the king is coming. Oh, the king is coming. The king is coming. He coming for me. He coming for you if you know him. If I want to tell you what's going to turn our world upside down, what will get us back where we need to be, it is when the church of the living God decides that Jesus really is the Christ and he really is king and we live like that. And we go out as salt and light. We become everything we're supposed to be, speaking where we're supposed to be, shut up where we're supposed to shut up, and be all that God's called us to be. And the sovereign will move us in a way where he wants us to be. He's king. He's king. In, in a moment, we're going to sing a song. He's, he's king of kings and lord of lords. Over in that last verse, Becca put it back up there for me in Revelation 19. He's, he's coming again. And on his robe and on his thigh has been written, King of... He said, why is it on his thigh? Because when he sits on that horse, his robe rolls back. Down his thigh, King of kings, Lord of lords, and he is coming in triumphant victory. He's the king. Glory to God. He's the king. He's the Lord of all lords. And we must bow, bow before him. I, I'm not to the invitation, but I'm close. John's going to sing. He's going to help us sing a song. So John, sing this song for us here. Just listen to John sing it one time. We're going to sing it three times. You listen to him first time. Just this one stanza. Hail the power of Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown Let's all stand, sing it with him. We'll sing his stanza. Let's all stand, sing it. Here we go. Sing it, sing it, sing it. Here we go, John. Oh, hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate don't see it surely we don't stand let's kneel 
And we get to that place where it says angels. Don't say angels. Sing Baptists. Baptists. Prostrate fall. Can you remember that? Becca doesn't have time to change it on the screen. So I'm going to kneel here. You kneel there. We'll sing that unto the Lord as we are before him. Straight fall, bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of Father, I bow my life. My time's in your hand. For today, for eternity. Lord, this Ted trailer I'm reporting for duty. Here's my life. I confess you as my king. No one else, nothing else. You are Lord of lords, king of kings. Lord, root out everything in my life that's not that. Send me where you want me sent to do what you want me to do. Thank you that you came and died for me and rose and saved me. Thank you that you're teaching me your word. Lord, we bow today and crown you, Lord of all. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We'll stand together. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. Did you see, did you see how fast my sweet servant Becca put Baptist in that deal? I looked down here at the screen on the floor and she'd already typed it in there. Is that you, Becca, doing Here's something else, girl. Amen. We didn't do that in the first service. No. She popped it right in there. And I'm going to tell you, she doesn't do that because of me. She does her job because Jesus is her king. And she wants to do that with excellence and make a difference. Maybe you're here, Jesus, not your king. You need to know him. You come when we sing. You're here and ought to join this church. You come. Maybe you're here and you just need to come publicly and bow as a subject of the king. We'd invite you on this hymn of appeal. Come unto the Lord. Come unto his church. Come to the throne and crown him Lord of all. John, sing for us. While he sings, we join him. God's calling you. You come. You come. You come. Just now.